23 and 1, who does reveal himself through us? Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we're at Transfiguration Sunday, which means that we are at the liturgical season of Epiphany. And at the end of this season of Epiphany, it, it's kind of, it, it ends with a bang, it ends with Jesus glowing in front of his disciples and talking with Moses and Elijah. It, it, this whole season has been a season of us talking about letting God's love shine in our lives. And so we've talked about letting God's love shine and remembering our baptisms. We've talked about letting God's love shine in uh, being His disciples. We've talked about letting God's love shine in being committed to His mission. We've talked about letting God's love shine in a myriad of different things and in different ways. And yet, there maybe is a question that is deep down inside of our hearts about all of this letting God's love shine stuff. And maybe that question is one that's on your mind and maybe it's one that I'm just going to implant. But that question is, to what end? Why? Why should I let God's love shine? Well, what's the purpose behind this? What's going on here? Why is this something that I should do and how is this going to turn out in my future? And oftentimes we're not quite sure to the answer of that, and that's why we have a problem letting God look shine in our lives, because we're kind of afraid of what that will make us look like to other people, or maybe we're kind of afraid that that will change who we are, and, well, honestly, we kind of like ourselves, and when it comes to changing, we kind of go, that's great for other people. In fact, I can hardly name people that I would like them to change in this way, that way. And and maybe the disciples are kind of wondering the same thing about Jesus here. Maybe they're they're wondering, to what end is is all of this stuff? And and so they they know that he was baptized in the Jordan River, but they don't quite get the end of that. Because, well, Jesus doesn't quite fit the, the paradigm of everybody else who was being baptized in the Jordan River. Everybody else. They look like a disgusting sinner, and so they were going to John the Baptist, and going, I need a new start in life, and can you please baptize me, forgive my sins, uh, I repent of all of those. And Jesus doesn't quite look like he's that kind of a sinner. In fact, he's not that kind of a sinner. And, and so they're kind of wondering, okay, he is baptized, but to what end? And then they, they go a little bit further on in his life, and he's uh, giving this big, long sermon on the Mount of Olives, and uh, then he, he's doing this thing where he's talking to people about the law, and he's, uh, he's uh, continuing to kind of show them deeper and deeper levels of the law, and maybe the disciples are wondering, well, to what end? Why is he doing this? Is he just some sort of like uh, religious revolutionary? Is he looking for religious reform in Israel? Is, is that what he's all about? Or is there something else here? And, and so they're kind of wondering, why? Where, where is this going? And then he sort of looks like a rabbi, and yet he doesn't seem to have all of the necessary credentials that would make him a rabbi. Kind of like a rabbi, but not. And then when you look at his disciples, which are part of your credentials as a rabbi, you look 
at them and you go, why on earth would have you chose those people to be your disciples? I mean, Peter, really? Maybe James and John. But Peter? Maybe the disciples are wondering, where is this all going? And maybe you are too. Maybe you're wondering that about this song. <laughs> I'm sure that happens a lot in my service. Anyway. But maybe they are wondering, where is this going? Maybe you're wondering, where is my life going? Where is all of this display of love going? What does it mean that I just confess my sins and receive forgiveness for them? Where is that taking me? What does it mean that I believe that that means that then I go and I show that love to other people in this congregation, in this household of faith, and that I should show love to people that are outside of this congregation in this household of faith? Where is that going to lead me at the end? What's going on with this? To an end. And there's something that we're looking for, something that uh, I, I sort of like to call the big reveal. And, and you know the big reveal. You may not know it by those terms because I like to make up my own terms from time to time. But the big reveal is when you're watching a TV show or you're watching a movie or you're reading a book. And all of a sudden you find this character that before used to be sort of seemingly, well, why are they in the story? And then all of a sudden something happens. The big reveal happens. And all of a sudden you understand why that character is in the story. We're in the middle of watching the last season of Dexter. Dexter is great at the big reveal. Don't tell me how it I know it's horrible. I've heard that from everybody. But, Dexter is really good at this sense of the big reveal. It's sort of, sort of this sense of, okay, here's a character that you, you kind of, you meet and you go, why on earth would that person be in this TV show? And you know that they have a purpose because that's how we put stories together. Unless you're James Joyce and you're writing in this way, which is bizarro. <laughs> if you have a character, that character is there for a reason. And it's part of your job as the person who is reading, as the person who is watching, the person who is engaging themselves in the story to look for the big reveal. To sit on the edge of your seat and to wait and to watch and say, to what end? Why is this character here? And so we watch with bated breath. And then it happens. And it happens in a flash. And then all of a sudden, it's like fireworks going off in our heads. And it probably kind of looks literally. 
and fear gets all excited and says, hey, let's build stuff. Which you kind of have to go here. And, and I think it's funny that Jesus just kind of ignores him. And the story goes on. Because the big thing here is to notice the big reveal. And you get the big reveal in the very last verse in our reading today. You get the big reveal when the disciples are face down on the ground going, uh, we're going to die. There's a blowing, there are people that have not walked on this earth for thousands of years. We're dead. And Jesus says, rise. And they lift up their head. And the text says this great thing. And they saw Jesus only. All of these fireworks, all of the sort of extra cast members that are in this reading. They all go away. Because part of what the big reveal is about is to tell you what's important in this story. And what's important in this story of the Transfiguration is Jesus. In fact, that's a part of what's going on in the scripture. If you kind of look behind the words, it's that what God is doing in this word is He is telling us that Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets, pretty much uh, put there right in front of their face. The law and the prophets are fading into the background. And when you look up, you see Jesus somewhere. And that can be somewhat disconcerting for us. Because, well, honestly, what the big reveal oftentimes does is it changes the protagonist of the story. Not every time, but certainly in this story, that's what's happening. What's happening is that the protagonist, the, the main person in the story, sometimes you have a pseudo-protagonist, somebody who looks like they're the main character of the story, and you go for part of the story with that character, and going, I love this character, this character is great, and then all of a sudden you find out, they're not the main character anymore. I'm not the main character anymore. that they're going 
receiving Best Actor, not Best Supporting Role. And what Transfiguration tells us is that Jesus is the one who is the protagonist in your life. That for as much bliss and glamour as we like to put into our own lives, as, as much as we like to think that, that we're the center of everybody's attention, as much as we would like that to be the case if we're not the center of everybody's attention, that Jesus holds that spot. And that's actually a good thing. It's actually a good thing because where this story is going is just changed direction. Where this story is going is that Jesus has just given you a whole bunch of things that you are supposed to be doing. Right? That's what we've been talking about throughout all of Epiphany. You are supposed to be his disciple. You are supposed to be following what he said in the Sermon on the Mount. That means that you are supposed to be salt and light to the world. That means that you are supposed to be uh, witnessing to your neighbors. That means that you are supposed to be leaving behind everything and following him. And if you continue on that trajectory as a character, if you are the main character, if that's your trajectory, you're going to die on the cross. And so Jesus has stepped into your life. And he said, let me be the main character. Let them crucify me. Let them see me. And then, at the end of all of this, in that divine Oscars show of the resurrection, when God looks at you, they'll see him. Amen.